Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. I'm Becca Winker, also known as at BeccaMVP on Twitter. Quentin is not with me tonight, but I do have a guest. His name is Trey Johnson, and he has been on this show before, and his Twitter name is at RealMrPerfect. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you're saying that Yeah, because I, I said it wrong the first time you came on, so I wanted to make sure that I had got it right. But how are you doing tonight? Oh, very well, very well. Always good after a Wizards win. Always good after a win, and this is the second win in a row, so we are very happy about that considering we started the season off um, not so great. But I feel like they're finally gaining momentum and hopefully – they can continue it into the Cavs game tomorrow. We had talked yeah, to, yeah we had talked about um, Jimmy Butler on the last podcast, and I think it's important to. I, I just want to tell Trey that I was one of those people that didn't want him on the team. Well, now I wish that we kind of did have him um, because he's just. Um, I really do think he would have been a great addition to the team, but now he is on to the Sixers, and Trey was one of the few that wanted him on the team. So just want to give you props for that because you were thinking on a different level that I was not thinking. Yeah, um, yeah, you'll, uh, you'll thank me when Philly's Eastern Conference champs. Yeah, seriously. Um, I, I'm really – I'm not a Philly fan, and I don't really – I don't really follow them, but I'm kind of excited to see how um, he works with the team, and I'm just I'm super excited to see where they turn up because you know the competition with Boston and Toronto is going to be really good. So, I mean, I, I just want to see them compete. I don't want to see the Raptors or the Celtics, and I think if I had to choose between the three of them, I would definitely choose the Sixers. Okay, so last night the Wizards did get a win. They beat the Orlando Magic. And, yeah, I mean, final score 109-117. Uh, Trey, what was your initial reaction to that win? Like, how, like, what did you notice about the game? Man, I was relieved, uh, to be quite honest. I mean, so many times this team gives us false hope, and the Miami game was excellent. I mean, that was well played. But so many times the team gives us false hope in the sense that they'll go out and get a win and then they'll be so flat the next game. And it would have been, I hate to say this, but it would have been so Wizards for them to lose this game at home. But um, Orlando was a very tough team. I mean, I'm very impressed with how that we played and uh, definitely um, much better on defense. And um, 
Yeah, uh, the starting five and bench both clicked. I don't think we've had a game like that this season yet. So very complete on both ends. Right. And Jeff Green was the star of the show, in my opinion. I mean, he had 18 points. And last game, he also had 18 points. And I think that has been what's so crucial for this team, just having the bench really pitch in when we need them the most. And um, Austin Rivers was... He, he wasn't as amazing as he was last game, but, you know, he did play into some efforts there. And I, I'm just so impressed with Jeff Green. Yeah, same. I mean, this must be huge for him as it's his homecoming. And, uh, yeah, it must be huge for him, man. He's having a big night. Uh, definitely a huge upgrade over, uh, I'd say, Mike Scott. He can play defense, but, uh, yeah. Right. I do miss Mike Scott, but I am happy. Who doesn't? I know. I think everyone misses him and his emoji tattoos. But, um, however, we are happy that Jeff Green is here. So let's take a look at the starters. Otto Porter, six points, 21 minutes. Um, Scott Brooks has talked about this. You know, Scott Brooks has asked a lot about how, you know, how um, the rotations are working, you know, why we're not – putting in key for Otto in the fourth quarter. And, you know, it, it, he, he basically said, I'm just going to play whoever is playing well. Like, that's just it. Like, I'm not going to put someone in just because it seems like the thing to do. He's going to take note of who's really um, giving us the performance that we need to go out and get that win. So that, I mean, it, it's disappointing to see that Otto is not as productive as he should be. I mean, do you think that this is going to be how he is this upcoming season, or do you feel like he's just on a bad streak for whatever reason? I, I mean, I think he'll turn it around. I mean, Otto's role, and this is what people seem to have this illusion about, is we've always used to say that Otto was very good at standing in the corner and doing nothing. Now, that's not it. There's a lot more to his game. He can play defense in the fourth, and there are some games where he should have been out there instead of, you know, Rivers and Green in that Orlando game in Orlando. But, um, no, Otto's a very valuable player. Um, definitely not worth the money, but I think Brooks has the right mindset. The small forward position is very, like, it's very weird because if you start Oubre, you're not going to get the same production as Oubre is on the bench. And then Troy Brown is just, I mean, who knows? Uh, and so it's, you know, it's hard to work whoever has a small forward position, in my opinion. But, yeah, Otto in the fourth, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, um, it, it's really been something that's been kind of um, bugging me just because he is a starter and he should be in at the fourth quarter. But, you know, I think the first few games of the season have clearly, for whatever reason, shown Scott Brooks, okay, well, this, you know, Jeff Green and Austin Rivers, they should be in at this time. Otto and Keith should be in at this time. And, you know, it, it just, it, it makes sense. And I'm glad that, it seems like from the past couple of games, he's finding things that 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 are working. And hopefully, you know, this sort of lineup, this change, it'll work for us. Um, Keith Morris, he did pretty decent. He had 16 points. Um, okay, so Dwight Howard had 17 points. How many rebounds did he have? I cannot seem to find total rebounds. I thought it was 12. 12. Yeah, maybe something. Yeah, I think it was 12. Um, he did pretty well. John Wall, Bradley Beal, 28 
25 for Wall and 21 points for Bradley Beal. I mean, they're they're playing good like they always are. Um, John Wall is amazing, 10 assists, and, I mean, that's pretty much all we can ask from him, right? I mean. It's all we can ask. And I want to give a special mention to Bradley Beal because John's been off and on this season so far, but Beal has been, like, the only constant uh, on this team, maybe even the only good thing in some games because Beal seems to be the only one affected by how this team is doing. And then Brad also, I mean, just his hustle, his heart, his energy, I mean, that's what the Wizards have needed. And, I mean, it's just incredible with Brad that he's developed from a shooter to now an all-around player and a ball handler. It's uh, very interesting to see. And he's not even 26 at the peak of his career. So. Right. It's just amazing to see him, like, his passion, you know, like – after a lot of these losses, it seemed like he was very, very upset, and he took those losses to heart. And I think that that's really important. You know, these guys, when they react to the games and they they look upset, you know, they're not putting on a show for us. They're genuinely upset. So it's great to see that he does care about this team, and he really does. He really is invested. And John Wall, he did great as always. They did not overplay John Wall or Bradley Beal, although Bradley Beal did play 37 minutes, John Wall 33. Um, last two games, John Wall played 40-plus minutes, and I'm happy that Scott Brooks did not have to overuse him because we all know what happens when, you know. John Wall in, in the locker room, he did say, you know, I don't care, like, about the minutes. I just want to win. Like, I'm just going to do what it takes. But, you know, we can't be running – uh, our stars to the ground. It's just not going to work that way, and they might be okay now, but midseason they might get burned out, and that's just not what we want to do. So I'm glad that he did not overplay them. And we've seen what's happened too. Like the amount of backup point guards John Wall's had that nobody can do anything for. It's just crazy. And I mean, if Austin Rivers can be kind of the point guard to Wall, and if Sadik can be off the ball to Beal, I think you'll have something there. And hopefully sticks because like Wall's been playing. Wall's sixth in. The Wall's the sixth highest in minutes per game. Brad is 22nd. We need to lower that down. They're both in the top three. Absolutely. And uh, I'm just so happy. Mahimi, by the way, did get some minutes. He got seven minutes. And, I mean, he, he's playing. But I, I'm always curious. How do you think he feels about being, like, a backup again? Do you think that role is what he wants? Or do you think... I don't know. I mean, Scott Brooks has been asked a lot of questions about how he feels about it, and Scott Brooks kind of just says, uh, well, he's ready. Like, he's ready to do what he needs to do for this team, and, you know, everything's going to work out. I mean, so I, I guess Mahimi is in a good place. Um, I will say I would like to see Troy Brown Jr. get some more minutes, but I know that he's he's still pretty new, so... Hopefully, you know, midseason maybe we'll see more of him because I really, I really like to see what he does. He, al he always does good to me whenever I see him play. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see Thomas Bryant. I was on the podcast, uh, I think last time I was on the podcast, I talked about how Thomas Bryant could be a possible backup center. Not knowing that you were a Jason Smith advocate, uh, <laughs> I had to, uh, you know, kind of deny my claim. But I do want to see Thomas Bryant just because I feel like when Dwight's sitting, I just feel like Mahimney and Jason Smith just – they're just not modern-day big men. I mean, Mahimney could have been really good maybe a few years ago, and Jason Smith's name, but I feel like Thomas Bryant has the athletic big man quality. He's just really young. And then Troy Brown, as you said, 
we'd, I'd like to see him play more. But um, I think he'll be like what Otto and Ukwe were when they first came in. They only played about eight minutes a game in their rookie season. So, yeah, I think that's where Troy will be. He'll get there, though. Exactly. I agree. Um, you're right. I am a Jason Smith fan. However, um, I do want to see Thomas Bryant play. I do think he would be fun to watch. Um, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to discuss the game that is happening tomorrow and maybe some trade rumors. Stick around. Hey guys, we're back. Thanks for joining me on Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network. I am Becca Winkert, and I am here with my um, co-host for tonight, Trey. And we're just kind of covering what has been going on these last couple games, which has been good things. I know it's hard to believe. Can't believe we got two wins in a row. Tomorrow we are playing the Cavaliers. By the way, in case in case you missed the last few months of the NBA, LeBron is not with the Cavs anymore. So they are now 1-11, and and they're pretty bad. But then again, I can't, I can't count on this Wizards team to be consistent. I mean, what are your thoughts about this game tomorrow, Trey? What do you think is going to happen? If there's one team in the NBA that's more of a debacle than the Washington Wizards... It's the Cleveland Cavaliers, okay? I'm just stating it here. I mean, they fire their coach early on in the season. They've always had a habit of being poorly run. LeBron's fixed almost every hole and still couldn't get that team to beat Golden State the past couple of seasons. So they're the one team that I can say the Wizards will definitely beat. I'm going to regret this probably tomorrow night. But um, <laughs> I – oh, no, I mean, yeah, maybe Cleveland's out. Cleveland tonight are playing a little bit on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, so they'll have no Kevin Love, no Kyle Korver, um, no Osman, and a few other players. Like, Cleveland is very shorthanded uh, during this back-to-back stretch. Right. And that's going to be that. Okay. It, it seems like everything is set up perfectly for the Wizards. Coming off, The Cavs are coming off a of back-to-back, and the Cavs are really bad. Like, <laughs> like you said, I mean, they're way worse than the Washington Wizards, so... Um, but on the other hand, I hope that the Wizards come in with the right mindset. I mean, you know this team, it's all about their mindset. It's all about um, how they feel coming into it. Okay, like we know this team is not doing their best right now, but we're not doing our best right now, and we need to go out and get our third win in a row. And it's at home. So hopefully that will kind of motivate them to get that win. But we, we've all, we all know the history. We, we all do. I mean, it's just glad that the Cleveland Wizards history is now going to go a different path than maybe we come to right. finally against the Cavs. And I mean, the Wizards need to be honest, because like they're play, after Cleveland, they play Brooklyn, and then Portland is next, and and then Clippers. when they hit the road again, it'll be tough. Like Toronto, the Pelicans twice, and Philly as their next four-game road stretch. They need as many wins as they can get in this home stretch. You're right about that. And I did ask on Twitter, I asked how many of these five-game homestand games do you think that the Wizards will win? And uh, you might have responded, but I'm not sure. Do you have an answer for that? How many games do you think they'll come out with? Four and one. I, I, four and one's the dream. I think the only loss being Portland, I would take that. Um, and then I said what would be more realistic is probably three and two. I'd love for them to win all five. I just... 
I just don't know about Portland, man. Like, the Wizards caught a huge break when they played the Trailblazers last time with Wall missing both free throws. So, I mean, they caught a break last time. But then again, we don't know. Um, and I hope they win by them. Yeah, it's really tough. Um, I, I really think they do need all five of these games. I mean, they need every game they can get. But since they have, you know, a rough start, they really have to catch up because it's like, you know, I, I feel kind of – it's scary to look at the top because you see the Raptors, the the Bucks, you know, Celtics, and, like, they're all pretty much doing what they were expected to do this season. And the Wizards kind of haven't been – uh, well, I guess from a fan standpoint, they haven't been doing what we're expecting them to do. And, yeah, they need all they need all five of these games. So hopefully they can come out with something. Um, so this is something that has been bothering me all day. I saw on Twitter that there was a rumor that John Wall was going to be traded for Lonzo Ball and, like, some huge trade which I think is totally not actually happening. But I don't know, for some reason I just kind of want to rant about it real quick because it just kind of like angered me that that would even be in discussion. And plus, I don't think Wall is actually tradable until the end of the season. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that? I don't know if Wall's tradable or not. That's, I don't know. I think they can trade him this year, and then when he hits the Supermax, I think he becomes this untradable player. I'm not sure exactly. But um, the, these rumors are coming from people who aren't associated with the Wizards. They're trying to come up with these rumors about blowing the team up and taking for Dion. They're like the worst-case scenario people. So I wouldn't take much into account. Um, and I don't think Wall would only require Lonzo Ball. And also, we all know who this Wizards team is run by. Is he really going to go out and make a blockbuster trade like this? I don't, I don't think so. He's all about continuity. So if anything, he'd bring Wall back rather than trade him. Right. And I just don't think that Ernie or, I mean, you know, Ernie, like just to outright say it, I don't think Ernie or management is interested in breaking up this backcourt. I, I really feel like they trust this this team and they don't want to change it so I I don't believe those rumors I don't buy it and you know like I said they're rumors and that that's pretty much all it comes down to before yeah. before we go I also wanted to ask you did you go to the Magic's game like at in Orlando yes I was I happened to fly out to Florida thanks to uh who I write for um they got they put me out to both for the Magic and the Heat game um and it was it was nice being around journalists and other people just kind of networking, but uh, yeah. Wow, that that must have been fun. Tell us about the atmosphere in Orlando. I'll say this: we give a lot of trash about Capital One Arena and how flat it is. Orlando is very flat of an arena. I'm just gonna say it right out, Frank. But right. um, it was it was nice to see a fan base that's kind of. I don't know. They have no expectations. You know, I was talking to this one Orlando journalist who's covering the Magic, and he's like, I have no expectations. He's like, this team's young. If we tank, we get a good lottery pick. If we don't, then we make the playoffs. It's a, it's a surprise. So, I mean, it was nice to be around a kind of a friendly atmosphere compared to the one you'll get at Cap 1. Um, and I'll be out on the road. I, I'm out on the road a couple times more. I think I should be at Philly. But, yeah, I mean, it's always nice seeing them, whether it's at home or on the road. Fun thing. Yeah, I always think it's so cool to kind of see your team play in a different city and just kind of see how the fans react and 
you know, the atmosphere there. Um, I, I think one year I was in New Orleans, but the Wizards were actually playing the Pelicans, but they were playing them at home. So I thought it was funny how I went to New Orleans and the Pelicans came to D.C. But that's great that you got to see them play in Orlando. You didn't catch the Heat game. You didn't go to Miami, did you? Uh, thanks to my writing company again, like, I was able to. I oh, you went to Miami, drive. too. I had the two-hour, I had this, like, two-hour drive during the middle of the afternoon and saw. Um, that was a lot better. And American Airlines Arena, man, that's, the Miami Vice stuff is one of the nicest courts and jerseys I've ever seen. So. Seriously, I was saying on Twitter, I'm like, look, if I had to buy any, um, anybody's warm-ups or you know jerseys or whatever it would be the miami heat because i just love those neon colors and i mean just it looks so cool like so much cooler than i feel like everybody else's gear um and yeah i mean so Dwayne wade wasn't playing but you know that that must have been a fun fun game to watch for sure well it was all right, Trey. Well, that's about it. I think it is time to wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you come on again. You're always awesome to speak with. And Twitter, if you have thoughts, please add us at RealMrPerfect, at BeccaMVP. You've been listening to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, and we will see you soon. 